Welcome in to the 58 West King Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tony. That is Matt. We've got the Week 11 preview locked and loaded. We've also got a mailbag question. But before we get started, Matt, welcome back. And how you doing? Doing good. Thanks for uh, thanks for David filling in for the week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, good to hear you're doing well. Now, we've had Nate and David on in the past couple of weeks to kind of fill in. You were a last minute out for last week, so David kind of carried the load. I think they've done a pretty good job. Definitely glad to have you back. David has always been phenomenal with loads, so shout out to <laughs> his ability to handle a hefty load, and he, he did a good job last week. Phenomenal you know, job. Absence, he really, you know, I think I texted the group chat that uh, you know, he said he had some big shoes falling. I said, I have no idea how your size seven feet filled my 12 wides, but you did well. You did well. <laughs> The hip, I can't tell you why he's missing this episode, but he was going to be on this episode. I was looking forward to see him. I um, hope he's feeling better. I don't want any violations. Let's get into this mailbag question. I've got another one this week. This one from Twitter user at Big J McD. He writes, Matt, Tony, absolutely love what you guys are doing. You're a gem in the fantasy football community. Thanks, Big J. I have an observation and a question. First, I couldn't help but listen to the advice you gave at Saturday Jeff last week. It 100%, without a doubt, helped him beat me, er, the Raiders. He had a typo, not sure what that is. I was wondering if you had any advice, hypothetical, of course, that would help the Raiders organization beat the Denver Broncos. Please help. Lots to unpack there, Matt. What do you think? Any advice that we could give uh, Big J McD to help him hypothetically beat the Broncos? First of all, I love that we're branching out. I love that more listeners are writing in. You know, we had uh, at Hackett Journey write mm-hmm. in several times. And I, I like that we're getting a lot more uh, feedback from a lot more listeners. So I love the engagement from all of you. Yeah, I would say to this listener, you know, um, thanks for writing in. Appreciate it. Yeah, Jeff at Saturday Jeff asked some important questions last week. You and Dave did a great job of answering them. I would say for you this week, or you know, hypothetically for the Raiders to beat the Broncos this week, I think that they've got to, you know, make Carr happy. You know, having a crying quarterback during a press conference. Uh, not good. And, and you can kind of sense it that he's frustrated. The whole team's frustrated, frustrated with seemingly maybe the play calling. Like, how do you, how do you lose so many leads? You know, how does that happen? How do you over and over again, lose leads? Stay aggressive and lead on Josh Jacobs. He's been a, a stud this year from a yards per carry standpoint and a finding the end zone standpoint. So I think lean on your stars and you know, everything should work out just fine. The Denver Broncos, they're, uh, they're having their own problems. So I think you'll be fine. I think his best bet, it's going to be getting Russell Wilson's mind off of football in game, you know, have Max Crosby or one of those other defensive linemen, me, the linebackers, you know, get in the backfield close to Russ and just talk to him about Subway, maybe his sandwich, the dangerous. Dangerous has been pulled from Subway lineups, I believe. Yeah. He'll probably have a lot to say about that, right? I think you should order Subway for your entire coaching staff and just have them holding Subway rappers on the sideline. So every time that Russ looks over, he just sees Subway sandwiches. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be a good, you know, mind game, mind trick to play on them. Uh, that's good. Or maybe have the coaches and all the, you know, the players along the sideline, the coaches, the staff, just do high knees, do some calisthenics. Yep. High knees. Uh, yeah. That's nice. Just really take his focus off field and just get him thinking about other things. Is, is it in Denver or is it in Las Vegas? It's in Denver. It's going to be cold. Ah, darn. I was thinking if it's in Las Vegas, if they play in Vegas, I think you have to snip some audio of Broncos country, let's ride, and play it after every incompletion. I don't know if anybody at Las Vegas at, uh, what's the name, Allegiant Stadium, Allegiant, is yeah. listening to this, but I think that's a, that's a troll move that we would love as a football-consuming community. That is so good. All right, moving on to our Week 11 preview. Do you have an update on where we stand on our season-long Moneyline Picks, Matt? Yeah, we had a 
you and David had a rough week last week. I was not here to give you my picks. I texted him in, but um, I'm going to use iPhone's new unsend message ability to delete <laughs> that evidence because it was rough. Last week, you went 7-7. Seven and seven. Me and David both went 6-8. and eight, So really, a lot of favorites lost last week. Let's be honest. A lot of home favorites lost, which is even worse. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I now at 89-59. and 59 through week 10 of the NFL season. You were at 90 and 58, so one game ahead of me. And Richter is at 6 and 8 since this was his first week participating. Mm-hmm. So you and me still control the competition, still have plus 600, you know. Yeah. Uh David at 6 and 8. It's a rough it's a rough score. Maybe he can text us in some some picks and and bump those numbers up before uh Sunday. Yeah, not a great start, but it it was rough all around as you mentioned. NFL experts performances for week 10. A rough week for the people who get paid to do this. Lots of upsets, lots of uh, miscalculations, maybe. Mike Florio went eight and six. Cynthia Freeland, seven and six. Adam Rank, our Poland competition, he went six and eight. Down there with David. Jeff Ratcliffe, FTN, former PFF, he went five and nine, Matt. Fade the noise. Yeah. Awesome. On to our week 11 uh, NFL preview now. We've got four teams on by this week the Dolphins, Seahawks, Bucks, and Jaguars. So in our first matchup, we're getting this out on Wednesday. So it's the Thursday night game, Tennessee at Green Bay. This line opened up, Packers by one and a half, over under at 41. What do you got? Over under 41, that's low. I think that's right, though. Tannehill's playing? Yes. Tannehill's playing, not 100% though, so it's not 100% Tannehill. So we'll see if that, uh, nah, I wouldn't say decimated, but slightly injured Green Bay defensive line can get to him. He sh- they should be able to. Will King Henry have a big game? He should. This is a tough one. I'm going to take Green Bay coming off an emotional win against uh, Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys in where you kind of get a sense that I don't know what's been going on. The Green Bay Packers lost five games in a row, and then all of a sudden Christian Watson is an MVP caliber wide receiver that Aaron Rodgers throws just ropes to. Maybe they're on to something. Maybe they're practicing more. Who knows? Uh, but it is at home, and I'm taking Green Bay at home to win this game. I like it. We are opposing ends right off the bat. This is how you start a show. Mike Vrabel, head coach of the Titans. I think he should be in constant discussion for coach of the year. What he continues to get out of his team, regardless of who's on the field, is just incredible. They were the number one seed last year. Derrick Henry missed, what, two-thirds of the season? So awesome stuff there. They were down, obviously, in this last game. Landry, Simmons didn't play. Bud Dupree didn't play. No Imani Hooker. No Christian Fulton. One of their starting guards was out. They still got it done. They beat Denver. Tennessee, they have the top run defense in the NFL. They're 13th against the pass. And while this is on the road, I think I'm currently leaning Tennessee. Danico Autry practiced in full today. Fulton was a full participant. Amani Hooker and Jeffrey Simmonson, they got in limited work. Um, looks like they'll play. Bud Dupree was still a DMP. Might not have him, but despite all that, I think I'm taking the Titans in this match. Taking the road dogs. I love it. I respect it. Yep. And what I'm watching, obviously, superstar wide receiver Christian Watson. Week 10, 84% of the routes run. Massive. 42% target share. They didn't throw very much. He did have three touchdowns, though, and he finished as the wide receiver three on the week. So moving on now to the Bears. They're going to Atlanta to take on the Falcons, where the Falcons opened up as four-point favorites. Over-unders high. It's one of the higher ones on the week. Is it 48 and a half? You're shaking your head. You don't like it. I don't like, I don't like the Falcons being favorite. That was Marcus Mariota quarterback. I, w- I cannot pick the Falcons ever since that Thursday night football game. Um, they lost two straight. Should have lost two straight to Carolina. Obviously, they won the one. 10 days previous to Thursday's game in which, what were we going to say, taking your helmet off of one of the biggest NFL, like not even a Hail Mary, which is a great play, cost them the game, essentially. I think Carolina probably should have won that game coming back and beat the Falcons. They didn't. Oh, well. Um, they just got dominated by the Carolina Panthers on Thursday Night Football. 
Uh, Deontay Foreman, that run game was just killing the Falcons. Mariota couldn't get anything going with his arm. He tried doing some like trick swirly bird throw. Everyone's seen it by this point. Uh, it was rough. And I think Chicago, they just lost a heartbreaker to Detroit, but it was a high scoring game. Chicago's offense is getting the job done. Their defense, obviously, they piecemealed it out for the trade deadline to acquire some assets. But I think their defense can still do enough against this uh, Atlanta Falcons offense that's spotty at best. Maybe Cordell Patterson has a good game. Probably will. I think the over-under is about right. Probably take the over with how many points that Chicago's, how many shootouts Chicago's been involved with going back three weeks. So, But I do think Chicago takes this game. There's going to be absolutely zero defense played in this one. I like the over-under. Both teams are 25th or worst against the run and pass. They're 29th or worst in overall DVOA on defense. Again, that's an efficiency metric. On offense, they both run the ball pretty well. Chicago's ninth in rush efficiency. The Falcons sit eighth. Last week, the Lions found some success against Fields on their last two drives. They were rushing four, sometimes five, dropping a safety, and then leaving at least one linebacker in as a spy. It worked. Got the Lions the win. But after watching the All-22 several times, Detroit got bailed out. One of those plays, Cole Komet came across the field, and a Lions defender made contact with him. I think they kind of bumped knees, knocking Komet to the ground. Fields throws the ball on the ground. But had Komet kept going, he probably would have taken that ball to like the 30 or 40. I mean, he might have even scored. You never know. But that's field goal range, right? That would have been the win. But all that to say, Fields and Montgomery are going to rush for over 200 yards. Bears are going to win. Arthur Smith is going to get fired. And finally, Matt, finally, Kyle Pitts will be freed. I don't think Arthur Smith is getting fired. I hope he does. I hate him so much. As a Kyle Pitts owner or as a football fan? Because as a football fan, I kind of like him. I like yeah. that. Uh, I like every time they shoot to his face on the sidelines, he's saying, what the f*** is that? <laughs> what the f*** is going Like, every you catch every almost every coach cursing at some point mm-hmm. when you do those sideline shots. It's worse and worse. But Arthur Smith is like next level. I love the, the vigor that he has. <laughs> yeah, he's very dry. He's he's very toxic towards the media, too. What I'm watching this one, David Montgomery, Atlanta's allowed 1,200 yards on the ground. And in week 10, Money and Herbert split carries, but Montgomery ran 63% of the routes. He only got a 6% target share, but Khalil Herbert is out for this game, and so, too, are his 29% rushing share. So I think he's set to have a solid week. Moving on to the Cleveland Browns, they go to Buffalo to take on the Bills, where Buffalo opened up as six and a half point favorites. Over/unders right in the middle, it's at forty-four. What are you doing with this one? Buffalo to stop the slide. You got Buffalo stopping the slide. Uh, concerns. Josh Allen's mind, headspace. Uh, he's he's starting to throw more and more, and it's not that just throwing interceptions. They're just very obviously bad, bad decisions. Yes. They're bad decisions, and it's this kind of stuff that. He did not show through the first seven, eight weeks of the year. So to see that two weeks in a row, it's struggling, and you can see him frustrating his press conferences. That being said, this offense is still elite. This defense is still elite. And Cleveland is just kind of putting about until <laughs> that's the best way I can put it. I They'll win some games. You know, they'll, they'll win a Halloween Monday Night Football game against the Bengals, in which they look awesome, and then they'll lose. Uh, and they'll lose badly. They'll get pretty much dominated by Miami. And it's just kind of, I don't trust their defense to stop any offenses in any shape, way, or form. And I think offensively, they're going to struggle. But Nick Chubb might have a good game. We'll see. I'm taking both. That's a phrase we haven't used in uh, quite a while. He dusted it off and brought it back. <laughs> it's good. I mean, it's what they're doing. 
It's what they're doing. That's fair. Uh, this is in Buffalo. The Browns, you know, they can be frisky. You talked about that Monday night game against the Bengals. Allen has a string, though, of two to three games now turning the ball over in the red zone. I don't think that continues. He knows. Sean McDermott knows. The team knows what they need to correct going forward. The Browns are 31st in overall defensive efficiency, 26th against the pass, and dead last against the run. The Bills get it done this week, and they get back on track. Give me Buffalo. What I'm watching, uh, you mentioned Nick Chubb. I'm watching him versus that Buffalo defense. The Bills rank 7th in yards allowed on the ground. If Cleveland stands a chance, it's going to be on the ground. It's going to be on the shoulders of Nicholas Esteban Chubb, the fifth. Wouldn't be surprised if we get one of those spike cream hunt games that you get three times a year um, in games where <laughs> they're in a negative game script and they're trying to pass to catch up. Would not yeah. be surprised. Agreed. Moving on to Philly. They go to Indy to take on the undefeated Colts under the Jeff Saturday regime. The Eagles are favored, or they opened as favorites by 10. Over under is at 43 and a half, Matt. Bounce back? Yes, bounce back. It's Philadelphia. <laughs> and, like, I'm not panicking. I was very drunk watching the football game. We um, could tell. I was very drunk. So I was very frustrated. But, like, I did watch all 22 footage, and I'm like, I'm not really – Commanders played a good game. They had a great game plan. Run the ball. They were very efficient running the ball. There's obviously some concerns with Philadelphia – Missing Jordan Davis. Um, he only played 30% of the snaps going into his injury, but all 30% of those were rundowns. And they were able to set up second and nines, second and tens. You get teams in obvious pass situations, and then you're able to utilize those four speed rushers that they have on the line. Mm-hmm. That is not what worked against Commanders. They struggled against Houston. Jonathan Taylor's probably going to have a good day. That being said, I don't see them dominating time possession the way the Commanders did. Commanders had the ball for over 40 minutes of the game. They ran 34 more plays than the Eagles, and except for that crazy fluky touchdown at the end of the game, they would have won by five points. The Eagles would have scored on every one of their drives. (laughs) They scored on their only two first-half possessions, and then an interception and two fumbles kept them out of the end zone in the end of the game. That turnover luck went the other direction. It happens. I don't see that happening two weeks in a row. Eagles should win this game. and should win this game handily. Plus, that monkey's off their back, and, uh, you know, I think A.J. Brown is locker was like, I'm glad that we lost. <laughs> I'm, seven, I'm tired of that 17 and 0 shit. It's like, yeah, cool. Now they're angry too? Oh, poor Jeff Saturday. Mm-hmm. I know some, <clears throat> Nate, is ready to douse Jeff Saturday with the anointing oil, crown him as coach of the year, induct him into the Hall of Fame. But some, us, are reasonable individuals. Last week, the Colts played the absolute worst defense in the NFL. The Raiders, we'll get into how bad they are later in their matchup. This is a tremendous step up. Granted, without Jordan Davis, teams can find some success on the ground, but Philly turned the ball over four times against the Commanders. They had three horrific calls by the refs that resulted in a turnover. That Ertz uh, missed face mask. The back judge was looking right at it. A drive-extending personal foul that resulted in a field goal, the late hit, that wasn't a late hit by uh, Gardner-Johnson, I believe. And the game-ending personal foul on Brandon Graham. No, that's legit. That was not a hit. Heineke went down awkwardly. And Graham and that other defender, they were kind of stuck between. You can't hit a player that gives himself up. That was a smart play by Heineke. It is a foot play. We'll dust it off a second time. It is a chicken play. I'm going to bring out all of the circus 1970s upset white father from Middle West. Chicken foot. It was all of those things, but it was a it was a high IQ play. I'm, I'm going to give Taylor Heineke some credit. Heineke though, wearing chains on the plane like he's Kirk Cousins. You're five and four. What are you doing? You're going to have that nice memory while you're watching football in January, as far as I'm concerned. It was a smart play. Are you good? I know you had to get it out. No, I'm fine. I got two things on it. Who takes a knee when they're scrambling? Like, you can't blame the defenders, and it's not like they hit him. 
they touched him because when you're a defender chasing the quarterback and they go down awkwardly like that, because I think he spun and kind of jumped, so it looked like maybe he slipped. They're just trying to touch him down. Touch mm-hmm. him down, end yeah. the play, take the sack. The second thing, did you see his celebration after that? That's a that's a taunting. They should have picked the flags up after that. I, yeah, I, I was more angry about the late hit on Chauncey Gardner, who had a good game, great interception, his sixth of the season. I was obviously angry about the Dallas Goddard face mask, no call, but yeah. it, is what, it is what it is. Just bad luck. F-ing Quez Watkins catching a 50-yard rope from Jalen Hurts, drops to the ground, gets back up, and fumbles it as soon as he gets touched by a defender. It's just like, yeah. All I'm saying is that an offensive player celebrates a first down the way Heineke celebrated his personal foul. They're getting flagged for taunting. Strong sports and like conduct, all of the above. Anyways, couple all of that crap we just talked about together, and you're going to have a tough time winning in the NFL. And as you mentioned, the Eagles were in that game and into the final minutes. So I think the Eagles rebound and win this one. What I'm watching, the injury report. So the only thing that could change my mind on this one, we know Goddard is probably going to miss a couple of weeks. I think he might be going to IR. But A.J. Brown, you know, he was clearly hobbled in that game. So I don't think we have any practice reports yet for the week, but definitely something I'd monitor uh, as the week progresses. Yeah, if it's Devontae Smith, Zach Paschal, and Quez Watkins, and Jack Stoll is your offensive. I can still see the Eagles winning. They won't cover, but they could win with like 220 yeah. yards of rushing and just lean on Sanders, Hurts, Scott, and Gainwell. But... It's uh, yeah. It's to go that healthy for that long and then have the slew of injuries they had in one week is it hurts. That's football. It's, that's what happens. Yep. Moving on now to the Jets. They traveled to New England to take on the Patriots, where they opened up. New England did as four and a half point favorites. Over under was at thirty nine point five. What do you got? Jets get revenge. I'm taking the Jets. I'm taking the Jets. Wow. I'm taking the Jets. I'm taking the Jets. It's like the way okay. the Jets playing. I love it. Fresh off a of bye, whole bye week to prepare after beating the Buffalo Bills. Love that. Okay. The week before the Buffalo Bills, they lose, obviously. But they lose because of Zach Wilson. I think that they do a better job of calling this game and minimizing the chances for Zach Wilson to lose this game. And I think the Jets' defense is top five in the league. The way it's playing right now, the ability to get pressure on the quarterback with just four, the ability to stop the run, which they've been able to do a good job of for this, you know, for their stretch of wins. I like the Jets to win in Foxborough and get that monkey off wow. their back. Call me crazy. You're crazy, man. So the Patriots have beaten the Jets in their building in New York at MetLife once already this season. New England has the 21st ranked run defense, which should provide the Jets with some opportunity. But New England pairs that with the second ranked pass defense. In their first meeting, the Patriots limited New York to just 51 rushing yards for an average of 3.4 yards per carry. They know what they have to do to win, Matt. Make Zach Wilson throw the ball. In terms of passing grades, Zach Wilson ranks 36th out of 39 eligible quarterbacks this year per PFF. That's not ideal. He's got six starts this year, six turnovers. His completion percentage is under 60%, and he's been sacked 12 times. He's just not doing a great job. I think that their 6-3 and three record is a lie. I've got New England in this one. I've got New England. What I'm watching, Elijah Moore, he's completely phased out of the offense. I don't care what Lion Robert Sala says. He hasn't seen a target in, I think, three or four weeks. Garrett Wilson... On the other hand, week 10, he ran 97% of the routes. He had a 38% target share. He was the wide receiver 14 on the week. Last week or in week nine, he was the wide receiver 15. So you get a little bit of consistency there as a wide receiver two. And then Wilson's 80.6 PFF receiver grade is good for 16th out of 117 eligible wide receivers. He's doing all the right things and paying huge dividends based on where he was drafted. He was picked as the wide receiver 53 overall as the 134th player off the board. All right, moving on to the Rams. 
lowly, lowly Rams, my Rams, they go to New Orleans to take on the Saints, where New Orleans opened up as the neutral three-point home favorites. Over-under was at 42.5. You got the Saints, obviously. Stafford playing? No, right? Stafford's still out? As of today, he was still in the concussion protocol. No, I don't want to take the Saints. I love picking against Saints. I love it. It's a top. Is it a top five pick right now? Top five pick right now. It's top five pick that the Eagles hold currently. And like there was talks of like the Eagles being sixteen and zero, or sorry, fifteen and zero when they played the Saints in Week Seventeen. It's like they're still going to play their starters because it's like trading up in the draft. <laughs> you want that win? Obviously, that's not the case anymore. Uh, I am going to take the Saints. I do believe. As much as they've struggled, I think they are mm-hmm. still able to put a more complete unit out on the field. Things are just in disarray for the Los Angeles Rams, and that's okay. That's okay. You know, you you uh, you you overleverage yourself. You know, the Rams from the Rams got the Super Bowl ring. Rams in twenty twenty one and the Super Bowl last year is like the guy who bought a you know three different houses in two thousand and six. Feeling good. Life is wonderful. Rams this year is that same guy in 2009. He is struggling. He's having a rough time. The variable interest rate that he signed up for that was at 1% is now 32%, and it is, it's hurting. It is, he is over leveraged. He's declaring bankruptcy, and he's lost two of those three homes. It's not good. That's okay, because he still has pictures of when he had all three houses. He still has that Super Bowl ring. Still in good shape. Fans are still going to love him, but they're having a rough year, and I think they continue that rough year this week against the Saints. Yeah, they're bad. The Rams are so bad. I'm obviously a fan, but I'm a realist. The season's done. Cup's injured. Probably not going to play again this year. Stafford mentioned he's still in the concussion protocol. We don't have a first-round pick. It's not good. It's not good, Matt. On the year, the Rams have 600 rushing yards. Justin Fields, for context, he has 749 by himself. And I know the Saints aren't anything special on offense or defense, but they still have Kamara. They have Chris Olave. The defense is kind of middle of the pack. They're at home. I'm also taking the Saints, and I'm not watching anything in this game. Allen Robinson? Allen Robinson breakout game? No. No racist Stafford back there throwing the ball to a wide receiver who's injured? I'm telling you. I might I might, I might, might take a walk on the wild side and start Allen Robinson fantasy leagues this week. They're going to find a way to get Ben Skoranek and Tyler Higby 10 targets each. Just watch. This will be the true test if it's Stafford who's racist or McVay. We will find out. Taco Corp's monitoring that very closely. Uh, next matchup, Detroit. They go to New York to take on the Giants. New York opened up as four-point favorites over under of 45. What are you doing with this one? Lions. Detroit Lions with the upset. Wow. And continue a three-game winning streak. They extend their two-game to a three-game winning streak. Is that, is that right? They beat the Packers and the... And the oh, that's right. <laughs> two weeks the ago. Bears. Two weeks in a row, they won a 15 to nine contest against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, and then they won barely by one point. But it was a high scoring affair. Mm-hmm. I think what they are going to this is gonna be a good test for the Giants. Is Detroit a good team? No, but Detroit, Detroit does put up points, and the Giants have been winning by keeping teams from putting up points and putting up just enough on their own. The Giants are by no stretch of the imagination a high-scoring team, so I think that Detroit can come in here, continue what they're doing on offense with some of those playmakers. I think Amon Ra has another big week. I think Swift gets a little bit more active in the backfield. Thought he would last year, did get the touchdown, but I think he'll be more active this week. And uh, yeah, I'm taking the Lions. Crazy, crazy. Old Detroit. We'll pick. I like it. Detroit's trash on defense. 26th overall in efficiency. 24th against the pass. 27th against the run. I'm not crazy high on the Giants. I think they're a little overrated. But if they do what they're supposed to do and just hand the ball off to Saquon 20-plus times, this should be an easy 
Safari kill for the G-Men. Give me the Giants. What I'm watching, Amon Ross St. Brown. Dude's a stud. Uh, there's no viable number two option there for Detroit. Uh, TJ Hawkinson got traded to the Vikings. Last week, St. Brown had 97% of the routes, 50% of the targets, Matt. Half the damn targets. He was the wide receiver eight on the week with zero touchdowns. Give the man a touchdown. He's in wide receiver two or three territory. Yeah. That's crazy. Moving on now to Carolina. They go to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Baltimore opened up as 12.5-point favorites. Over-under was at 44. What do you got? Deontay Foreman is going to have a big day, and they're still going to lose by 13-plus points. <laughs> Taking Baltimore. Try to, you, think, you think they cover? Try to sell. No, I don't. Okay. I don't think I don't think they cover. I do think that some of the playmakers for – I don't like saying the word playmakers. Baker's starting this week, I think. Yes. Yes. That, that's, that's rough. But – I'd have to look back and see historically how Baker has fared against the Baltimore Ravens as a Cleveland Brown. I wouldn't be surprised if the, they were some home roads, but obviousness in that. that. All that being said, Baltimore's a better team. Carolina has flashed against the Falcons and not a whole lot else. Uh, and a reeling Tampa Bay team fresh off of divorce papers being served. I am taking the Baltimore Ravens, and I think they'll cover. I wouldn't be surprised if this hit the over. I know David last week was hammering unders, and he'd probably do the same thing. David's an under guy. He's a bottom. He likes the under. It's just what he does. But I, Baltimore's defense is nothing nothing spectacular. It's not great. And the run game, I, the Panthers have found something in that run game between Jabba Hubbard and Deontay Foreman. They've been able to piecemeal that, that together after CMC left. And they've been pretty efficient on the ground, yards per carry. Uh, and they've been very good at, you know, the explosive plays. So, but I'm taking Baltimore. Yeah, this is the Ravens easy. Uh, Baltimore, middle of the pack against the run. They're 11th against the pass. Baker starting. Mention that. Andrews should be back. Should be all you need to know for this matchup. I have the Ravens, but that spread kind of scares me. The big numbers they usually do for these matchups. I'm watching the target distribution with Mark Andrews returning as well. Yeah, week nine, so Baltimore to buy last week. Duvernay had a 5% target share. Demarcus Robinson, 18. Prochet, 8%. Deshaun Jackson, 9%. Isaiah likely, as expected, got 23%. So Andrews on the years at 27%. So just curious to see what they do with a guy like Isaiah Likely and if he's a trustworthy fantasy DFS asset going forward. Obviously, Bateman's out for the year. So I'm starting Likely in a league where all I have is Goddard, and that's what I have to do. I'm actually starting him this week. So It feels like you should be safe especially with the inconsistency they've had at the wide receiver position. It's a PPR. I'm sure he'll be good for six to ten points. Absolutely. Moving on, Washington. They go down to Houston to take on the Texans, where Washington opened up his favorites at two and a half over unders low. One of the lower ones on the week at 40.5. What do you got? Take that under, and I think Washington wins this game. I think they continue this little win streak that they're on. Uh, they beat the Packers. They beat – no, they lose to Minnesota. That's a rough loss for them. Then they beat the Eagles. Now I'm, they're going to beat. They're going to beat Houston. They'll win this game. Would love to see them lose. Love to see Houston win this game, but I, I, I don't think it's happening. I think they're just that, that defensive line for Washington's playing pretty good, and I think they're going to really cause some problems for Davis Mills. And on the flip side, I think that Terry McLaurin is just Terry McLaurin with Carson Wentz back there. Terrible. Terry McLaurin with Taylor Heineke back there. Incredible. Um, and it's not, not because I think Taylor Heineke is a good quarterback who makes good decisions or throws the ball well, but for whatever reason, they're on the same page. Terry McLaurin finds those holes in zone defenses really well. Houston plays a lot of zone. I, this should be a really big day for him. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Jahan Dotson had a receiving touchdown, and I Washington wins this and covers. Yeah, Washington, they're, they're high off their Week 10 win over Philly. You mentioned Heineke with his shirt off with the chain. What's the over-under on chains? Is that also at 2.5? I don't think his shirt was off. Was his shirt off? 
he had like weird sunglasses with chains. His shirt might have been off. I've just I'm so accustomed to seeing like it's sad that Washington is missing Kirk Cousins that much. The Commanders they're looking to get to six and five, which they are right there in playoff contention. That's crazy. Yeah, they're a half game behind the, the Niners for the number seven seed. They're one game in the loss column behind them. They get to play against the 31st ranked Texans rushing defense, a defense that has given up 1,600 yards on the ground, damn near 200 more than the next team. Washington knows what the recipe is for winning, running the ball. They ran 49 times in week 10 against the Eagles, and I think they're going to employ a similar game script this week. I've got Washington. What I'm watching, you already mentioned him, Terry McLaurin. He's climbing the wide receiver ranks on the year. He's now a wide receiver one, the overall wide receiver 12. We'll take it. With Heineke, he's had target shares of 26%, 28%, 32%, and then 44%. They're not passing much, but when they do, it's been pretty well funneled to mostly Terry McLaurin. Hopefully, we can continue that this week. Moving on, the Raiders, they go to Denver to take on the Broncos, where Denver opened up his two-and-a-half-point favorites over under at 43.5. What do you got? Denver. Denver wins this game. Okay. I think um, this might be the game where, you know, the big media, big sports media, ESPN first take on Monday was talking about, wow, Russell Wilson's really turning it around, had a big day against a terrible defense, but they don't like to talk about that. They just, they're so, you know, it's so reactionary. It's like a few weeks ago, it's like, oh man, Tony Pollard is better than Zeke. He blew up. Yeah. He blew up against the Detroit Lions. Like, yeah, of course he did. Of course he had a good game. You got to put that in perspective, but I, I think Russ has a decent game against his defense it's been listless for most of the season and i think denver's defense is legit enough to continue the struggles from the raiders offense and hold them from scoring over what's the over under on the game 43.5 gotta take it under right gotta take a denver under you can't any game denver is involved in you can't take the over just because they don't put up points and they definitely don't keep teams from putting up points how many times has denver hit the over the season has it happened once so i'm not sure about that i would say maybe once or twice, but I saw a stat. I talked about this on an episode Nate's about to put out. Uh, if the Broncos would have scored 18 or more points in regulation in every game this year, they'd be 8-1. That's Their crazy. offense has been bad, real bad. Crazy. That's bad, but I mean, what's we always talk about You know, doctors and prescriptions. And I would prescribe facing this defense among... You know, Houston, Detroit is is a, mm-hmm. a get-right spot for your offense, and I think that's exactly what this is for the Broncos. Yeah, Josh McDaniels, uh, Josh McD, allegedly, he's a bad coach. He's another one in a very, very long line of guys who are phenomenal coordinators, offensive or defensive, but they suck ass as head coaches. I really think the Raiders are playoff-worthy with Rick Bisaccia. Why they let him go, beyond me. Maybe they've got a thing against Italians? I don't know. I'm looking into that. We'll keep you updated. But for this game, both teams are reeling. They're struggling. They're injured. They're underperforming. They're desperate. Denver has the 31st ranked offense. They're sharing space right now with the Texans, the Panthers, the Cardinals, the Rams. It's not great. They're dead last in points scored. On the other side, on defense, number four unit in the NFL in defensive DVOA, they're first in points allowed. I don't recall ever seeing a team lead the league here and also be the last in the league in scoring. Fire Nathaniel Hackett immediately. Have you seen that before? No, never. Yeah, that's why you take the under in every single uh, Denver matchup though, right? Yes. All right, for the pick though, I'm taking Denver. I think they'll focus on the ground attack against the Raiders' 24th ranked run defense. And if they need to pass, they should find success there as well. The Raiders, they're dead last against the pass. 
And what I'm watching, surely you've heard the name by now, Greg Dulcich. Week 10, 82% of the routes, 11% target share. He didn't capitalize on the targets, but Jerry Judy is going to miss some time. I believe he has an ankle injury, so the targets now should be pretty well funneled to Cortland Sutton and Greg Dulcich. Tight end, it's ugly, and we're just searching for any any consistency at the position. Good old Dulcich de Leche, 80% roster own percentage on DFS. Uh, haven't done the math, but I can only imagine it's going to be high ownership for Dolchich de Leche. Is that a 2023 fantasy football team name candidate right there? Dolchich de Leche. Well, he is white. And his last name is Dolchich. So this is, yeah. he's right themselves. Uh, this is easy for me. This is, this is light work layups. <laughs> That's good. Moving on. Dallas, they go to Minnesota to take on the Vikings where Dallas opened up as road favorites by two points. Overrunners high. It's at 47. What are you doing? I'm taking the Cowboys. Oh, snap. I'm taking the Cowboys. I think this Minnesota team, even though they just beat Buffalo, I don't like that they're the same record as the Eagles right now at 8-1. I don't like that. I don't like that they're half a game. The only reason they are not the number one seed is because we beat them in week two, which I don't think you can take much from that game. It was so early on in the season. So I, I'm not – that has no bearing on where I think they stack up against the Eagles. I think Kirk Cousins has been slinging it. The offense has been good. Dalvin Cook's been great. Justin Jefferson has been otherworldly in his ability to catch contested catches. I say all of that to say that I think Dallas lost a game last week on a to a pissed off Aaron Rodgers who came out slinging the ball. I I think nine times out of ten they win that game. They win it handily, and I think that they will be able to do enough defensively to. What time of day is this game? I think this is the second set of games on Sunday. So it's it's not in the morning. It's not quite prime time. So that that bodes well for Kirky Cousins. I just. Uh, I think Dallas comes in and gets a win. I think they're going to make some adjustments from their last game. I think the run game gets going. Zeke's back for this game, I believe. From what I've seen, you're going to get a little double dose of Zeke and Pollard. It'll be nice for them to have that going on in the background. And I think CeeDee Lamb continues to eat. I'm taking the Cowboys. Not happy about it. The big story will be Michael Parsons in that defense having a good day against Kirk Cousins in that offensive line. The only teams that Dallas has beaten on the road this season are the Rams. They're not good. And the Giants. I don't think they're the real deal, the Giants. They get a good team this week on the road, a team that proved they're the real deal against the Bills last week. That's the Minnesota Vikings. Last season, the Vikings lost a handful of games by one score. Um, This season, they're winning those matchups, six so far in 2022, and they're capitalizing on turnovers. They're second in the league there, uh, forcing 20 so far. I'm not a huge fan of Kirk Cousins, especially with his shirt off and chains on, but I like the Vikings to move to 5-0 at home. What I'm watching, we're building a theme here. Dalton Schultz, week 10, he increased his routes for the third straight week coming off injury up to 72%. Target shares now at 21%. He finished as the tight end three on the week. After Kelsey, so getting into tight ends here, the tight end field is wide open with Andrews, you know, hopefully coming back from injury this week. Ertz is done for the season. Goddard just got banged up. I think he might be going to IR. I saw a couple things this morning. Schultz seems like he could be that number two or three option if he maintains this pace this season. Next matchup, Cincinnati. They go to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers, where Cincinnati opened up as four-and-a-half-point favorites. Over-under is kind of low. It's at 43.5. What you got? I like the Bengals. I like Joe B and company get a win. Steelers fresh off their win against the Saints. That Saints team had a lot of injuries, specifically on the defensive side of the ball. I just, Pittsburgh's not there. You got Mike Thomas. You can't really ever count them out. And they, you know, George Pickens has been a nice wide receiver. Nice combination with Pickett. We'll see if Pickett continues to play some smart football, especially coming from a rookie. Uh, that being said, they're just a little overmatched talent-wise in this game. Even though it's at home, Cincinnati should win this game, and I I would pick Cincinnati to cover. Is it four points? Four and a half, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd take Cincinnati. What's the over-under? 43.5. 
probably would take the that's uh, tough i don't know that i would ever I, I wouldn't bet either way to be honest with you i can see it going either way because cincinnati's good about having games where they win a close low scoring game or they have games where mixon's got five f-ing touchdowns so i don't you know, I don't know what to do uh, but i'll take cincinnati and i'll take him to cover if i was a betting man which california will not let me be i can't believe that the Bengals are wearing their black and white jerseys for this one. Do you know that? That's disrespectful. Yeah, that's as much of a lock as you're going to get in today's NFL. But Pittsburgh, they're not a very good team this season. They're struggling running the ball. They're struggling passing the ball. They rank 22nd in passing efficiency and 24th in rush efficiency. Najee Harris is the overall RB27 on the season, averaging just 3.6 yards per carry. It's ugly. He's got a rushing grade of 63 per PFF. And yeah. if you've watched, it hasn't looked good. They're handing the ball off to George Pickens at the goal line, if that's any indication of how ineffective he's been. It'd be a shame if any of uh, our fantasy football pundits had Najee Harris as the third-ranked running back coming into the season. Yeah. we be real rough. It's me. Hi. Yeah, Matt Honey us. It's me. I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm with you. I got the Bengals in this one. What I'm watching, Pat Fryermuth. The tight ends this year have been a mess, obviously, outside of Kelsey. Fryermuth is the tight end 11 on the year, but he feels more reliable, uh, especially considering where we're at now. Week 10, he ran 87% of the routes. He had a 27% target share. He's at 17% on the year, so a little bit of an increase. There aren't many trustworthy tight ends, as I've mentioned, but it feels like Pat is kind of right there. Moving on now to our Sunday night matchup, Kansas City. They go to SoFi to take on the Chargers, where Kansas City opened up as five and a half point favorites. Over under, this, I believe, is the highest on the week. It's at 50. What do you got? Kansas City. Kansas City Chiefs. Their defense is, eh. It's it's letting teams hang around. It's letting teams score points. It's, it's you know, they're not... Perfect example, they go up big against the Bucks, and the Bucks just kind of eke their way back in the game, but it's never really in doubt that they were going to win. And that's just kind of the way they're probably going to have this game. They'll probably go up big early. Their ability to score is, dare I say, unmatched in the NFL. Juju coming on. Pacheco looks like he's got a lot of gas. Is that rookie running back? Um, Clyde does enough things here and there situationally to be useful. Kelsey's Kelsey it's and it's Mahomes. So you, you can't really take anybody against this offense unless they have a stellar defense. And a stellar defense, the Chargers do not have. It's just not something. It's something that they worked really hard in the offseason to try to improve, but injuries, coaching mistakes, and just overall player gelability. That's not a word, but I'm making it one. Like um, it. It's just It's just not been there this year. That, that team, you see 11 guys kind of playing. Derwin James looks great, but you just don't see him playing with the other players on his team well. So taking the Chiefs, and I don't know what I would do. I would not take the over-under. I could see it happening either way. I just It's a high over-under. It's one of, I guess you would take the under, but then you feel dumb when it's a shootout, so I don't want to do that. <laughs> uh, and Chiefs should cover. I'm going to take the Chiefs to cover. I'm big on covers this week. Road team's covering. That's my, uh, that's my mantra this week. There you go. Would you say gelability is gelability? <laughs> ability for dictionary definition. Gelability, adjective. Ability to gel. Okay, that's fair. I'd use cohesion. Cohesion's probably the go-to, but gelability. If we're gonna create words, that's a good one. So I'll give you that. In this matchup, there is a chance that Mike Williams and Keenan Allen return for the Chargers this week. However, the pieces they've lost on defense are not returning, and they currently rank 20th in defensive DVOA, 12th against the pass, but 29th against the run. It's like 2021 all over again. Everyone 
is and can run on that defense. So the Chiefs are still the top offense in the league. They have the number two ranked passing game. They lead the NFL in scoring. They're number two in converting third downs. They've only allowed 16 sacks. They're giving Mahomes plenty of time to throw. And they've turned the ball over just 12 times. That was a huge issue last season. It will cost them quite a few uh, games early on. For the pick, though, if uh, Mike and Keenan return, I think it'll be interesting. I think we'll hit the over if that happens. But I'm taking the Chiefs either way. And what I'm watching... No word yet on Juju's status. He's in the concussion protocol. But Kadarius Tony, week 10, he ran just 41% of the routes. He was targeted on 29% of those routes. That's pretty good. He just had a 14% target share. The Kansas City Chiefs didn't throw that much, but he finished as the wide receiver 13 on the week. That is phenomenal. If you watch the game, anytime the ball went his way, it was a highlight reel. The catches, the moves, the toe taps on his touchdown. I think the future's bright for Tony in the offense. Uh, if this is what we get in just his second week, in that Andy Reid offense. He's going to get hurt before the playoffs. He just does dumb stuff. That touchdown where he was pretending to be injured, as he did you see it? He was jumping on one leg like he had pulled his hamstring. He did it for five yards. Was that a hamstring nod to the Giants? What was that? What, who's he making fun of? He's making fun of himself. He was injured the entire time he was in New York with a lot of hamstring injuries. Yeah. In college, I don't think he played one full season in college because of injuries. He had like nine different injury designations. I That's just bad juju. No pun intended because he plays on the team. That's just bad karma to make fun at injuries given that you've never played more than three games in the NFL season because mm-hmm. of injuries. It's rough. It's a rough go. He looks awesome. I hope he doesn't get injured because he's fun to watch. He's explosive and Electric. he's like, he's just uh, another piece for that Andy Reid offense. And you love to see it if you're a Chiefs fan, but you can't do that. You can't. That's like if Brian Robinson like took a fake gun out and like pointed at his body and like pulled the trigger a bunch of times. You'd be like, that's in bad taste. And he doesn't do that because you don't do that. But Gary Stone, he thinks it's funny. Moving on to our final matchup. It's the Monday night game. San Fran, they go to Arizona to take on the Cardinals. San Fran opened as five and a half point favorites. Over unders at 45. What are you doing? Final matchup here. What do you got? I'm taking San Francisco, but I would love to see Arizona get away. Love to see Arizona get away against this 49ers team. But it's San Francisco. I'm Arizona hasn't shown me anything all year, and San Francisco keeps getting better and better, and defensively they keep getting healthier and healthier, and all of the that I've talked about the 49ers. Those chickens will come to roost for the end of the season, fully aware of it. Yeah, I'm almost willing to take the L now, but I'm too stubborn to do that, so I'm going to stand by my Falcons realistically. It's, it's not looking good for my pick of the Falcons making the playoffs instead of San Francisco 49ers. What a dumb move that was. I don't know why you're whispering. I'm just going to amplify that. You're going to say to the top of your lungs. I was high on pain pills and and post-surgery medication. And that's what happened. That's my excuse. (laughs) I'm taking so much low-dose aspirin. My blood is so thin. (laughs) ESPN's Jeremy Fowler wrote that Kyler could miss another week or so, which is suspiciously timed as Call of Duty came out, what, last week and Warzone dropped today at, like, what, 10 Eastern? I'm done. I'm done with the Kyler Murray. When you've got quarterbacks who sexually assault 30-plus women, you've got quarterbacks... I, I, I'm done. I'm done with this, like, all over Kyler Murray because he likes to play video games. I'm I'm over it. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. I, I'm, I'm so done with it. It's so Matt, ridiculous. The timing is very peculiar. <laughs> there's, there's quarterbacks sexually assaulting women it's all part of the plan. Nobody bats an eye. One quarterback may or may not have sexually assaulted 24 masseuses, but when one quarterback plays video games, the whole world loses their minds. I don't know. 
you know who I think plays more video games than Kyler Murray? It's AJ Dillon. I follow AJ Dillon's TikTok, and he's he's live streaming Call of Duty all damn day. So I don't know. No one says AJ Dillon, but it's fine. Colt McCoy's the stud. Yeah, how can you say that with a straight face? He looked okay against the Rams last week. It's the Rams. You know what the Rams are. I don't think the Cardinals have much of, if any, chance against 49ers. I've got San Fran. What I'm watching, while everyone is consumed with CMC not getting 20-plus touches, I'm over here seeing Brandon Ayuk trending up. Week 7, 23% target share. Week 8, 24% target share. Week 9, they're on by. Week 10, 29% target share. He's been consistent despite CMC being added, Debo still being a target hog, Kittle playing healthy. So you'll love to see it. Looks like he's finally out of the doghouse. He's been, he's been solid all season. I have him in a handful of places. I think I ranked him higher than Debo in the preseason rankings. No, I didn't do that. I wasn't that bold. But I, I had him Last high. Year. I had Ayuk high. I had Ayuk high this year. So, yeah, it's good to see that I was right one out of a million times this preseason. Awesome. So hopefully we can get above the 500 mark. Uh, last week was pretty rough, but I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good about this week. We got some underdog picks in there. I like it. We have four differences, and I took most of the road dogs. So okay, you should feel good about that. All right, guys, that is all we have. Reminder to follow us on Twitter at 58WKingPodcast and at GrahamTheMan69. While you're at it, follow Nate and his show at Taco Court Pod. He does a weekly show as well over there with a lot of short, fun segments. He does some NFL stuff, and he's getting pretty good at those YouTube clips. Have you watched those? You're in a couple of them. Yes, I've seen them. Good stuff. Uh, any parting words? Got a got a dad joke? Uh, no, I got a question for you. And I, and I mentioned on Twitter, and I got you know two people liked it, you and Terrence, because I'm not I'm not that involved on Twitter, and people aren't that involved with me, and that's fine. Um, but I have a lot more listeners here, so this is a bigger platform for me. Do you know anyone who has or plans to have a Wiener Schnitzel chili cheese tamale? A thing? Are you being serious right now? It's a thing. You haven't seen? You didn't see these commercials? They were no. They were during the Sunday night football game or the Monday night football game. It might have been the Monday night football game. Uh, nonstop commercials for Wiener Schnitzel's tamales. They're back. Didn't know they were ever a thing. Didn't know they went somewhere. But they're back for this holiday season. So I want to know who's who's buying this. Who's buying? Yes, yeah, that and the McRib. Why are these things still on the uh, menu? The McRib. I understand the McRib. I don't like it. I think it's dog shit. But like, it goes in line with a lot of what McDonald's sells. Like, it just maybe it's just a limited time thing. People love a limited time only thing, even if it's shitty. Yeah, I don't know. But the beef tamale with chili cheese on top. No. Can we try it? Should we try it for the pod for for content, Tony? For content, should we order one and see and rate it? Give it an honest rating. You're a tamale expert. You love them. I'm not being racist. I'm saying you like tamales. That's all I'm saying. Because I have brown skin, you just assume I love tamales? No, no because you've been on this pod talking about how much you love them. I'm not a big fan of them. We've had these discussions before. But I bet you I'm even less of a fan of the Wiener Schnitzel one. They're one of my favorite things because they're very difficult to make and you can rarely find them. Not if you live next to a Wiener Schnitzel. <laughs> Fair. Uh, but they don't sell them here. We don't do that here. If you ever see someone selling like tamales in like a Walmart or Target parking lot, buy them. Just buy Southern them. They're California, be good. it's every parking lot. Yeah. Every single one of them. No, they're they're really good. Would not put chili on them. Would not buy a tamale from Wiener Schnitzel. So I think we need to try it though. You definitely need to make a video of you eating it. What if it's good though? That's my biggest concern. Is what not? What if it's good? What if for some reason I like it? That's yeah. a concern of mine. I can't. I I said that as you find someone who likes it, they're probably racist. That was my tweet, <laughs> and I'm not racist, so I can't even risk it. But you don't know. Yeah, not not Sorry, happening. I thought we should have some discussions getting the holiday season about holiday foods. So no dad joke, but uh, I've actually got a historical joke. Do you want to hear it? Sure. Yeah, love it. Totally true. I uh, dug through the archives a little bit here. 
Are you familiar with the legendary British warrior who fought against the Saxon invaders in the 6th century, King Arthur? Uh, yes. Yep. Yeah, so he led a council of knights, uh, everyone can recall probably. Do you know which knight invented and built King Arthur's Round Table? I do not. Uh, circumference. Oh, nice. <laughs> I assumed your joke would be good, so I decided to bring a bad one. No, that was, that was what do you mean? That was bad. That was great. You could have, uh, which knight was also responsible for the most sons and daughters in all of the land? Sir. <laughs> <laughs> close cousin of circumference. <laughs> just, just a little bit of a different name. I'm keeping that one in. I like it. Terrible. <laughs> that makes sense. All right, guys, check us out next week for more NFL picks and bad jokes for Matt for the 58 West King comedy department. Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next week. Love you. Bye. Welcome in. Nope, don't like that.